This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. I feel like right from the get-go, Jesse, maybe you need to make an apology about your steak comment in the what? last episode. No, no, I'm not apologizing for it. You have forever ruined steak big, for every podcast listener. Yeah, just think of it like a big porterhouse, you know? And nobody has a big porterhouse. So... I've never had a porterhouse before. Exactly. What? What? Is, oh, you were saying nobody has. Yeah. You wouldn't because it's such a big steak or right. something? It's it's two cuts of meat in one. Okay. For those who are listening and very confused, in our last episode, Jesse made a comment that I kind of didn't even think a whole lot about because it's just a typical Jesse comment, but we were talking about the placenta and how we had taken a picture of it to show to Silas because we wanted him to see what a placenta was because he had never seen a placenta. Oh, and our last episode was about my birth story in case you wonder why we're randomly talking, <laughs> talking about, about placentas, placentas yeah. in the podcast. If you didn't listen, you can go back and listen to that, but he made the comment that it was kind of just like a big, thick, juicy steak. And that comment <laughs> was the one that we got the most comments on because a lot of people said that you have forever changed their perspective of steak and they will never be able to eat another steak without thinking about placentas. So public apology <laughs> to the world. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm sorry for those of you that I offended about uh, that can no longer have 
steak. By the way, K- not K- Kirsten. I'm like, which K child? Kirsten is with us today. So again, if you hear little noises, that's not my stomach rumbling and making funny noises. Although my stomach does sometimes make some really interesting noises, but that's little Kirsten who's joining us today. I don't even know how to segue from placenta steaks. So let's just (laughs) talk about what's been saving your life recently, Jesse. Well, (laughs) I can think of some, uh, some things that just, that I was just thinking of like uh, a butcher box box, you know, that's a good segue. Um, that's just off the top of my head, but um, we can we can ask them to to be sponsors now. <laughs> yeah, really. They come with no. Okay, yeah, I want to. Um, but the uh, thing that's saving my life is actually just right in front of me. Uh, we stopped me? by me. <laughs> we just stopped by uh, Panera. Not me. No, I'm sorry. Stopped by Panera today. Um, I had been doing my morning coffee using a box of K-cups, just you had purchased a huge assortment of K-cups and I was just going through them, doubling up and finishing that box. And so, uh, wait, doubling up, you do two, two K-cups for per cup. Oh, because you have a big, a bigger cup. Bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, how do you double up K-cups? I don't yeah, think makes, there's any way. <laughs> that's the only way I can get 20 ounces out of it. So anywho, Panera has an unlimited coffee subscription. So for one low fee of, I think it's like it's $8 and 99 cents. I just looked on oh. the, maybe they raised the price. I think they I raised, thought the, it, yes, raised the price. It had it been, been seven ninety nine. Yes. Um, for $8 and 99 cents, it's an unlimited coffee subscription. You can get coffee as many times in the month as you want to for that price. And you can also get tea as well. Right. But, but I think you can only get it once a day. No, they changed they it, change it to once every two hours. So you can go in multiple times a day, but okay. you just can't go in twice in the same two hours. Well, or I think we had tried this before because we had got it when it was a, a beta. They had launched it in Nashville um, before they went nationwide. And we would go in and get a tea and coffee on the same subscription. Yes. And then they changed that you could only get one drink per subscription and because they said unlimited. And yep. so unlimited means unlimited. I don't think we were doing anything illegal because you would order it on the app before we went right. in and then you would order in store and it was the same Panera card yep. and they said unlimited. So I think they figured out that people like us were not abusing the system no. because they well, never plus created it was, a, I mean, you think about it, it was only one time a day. And so now they change it so you can get one every two hours. So you could conceivably go in and get like eight cups of free coffee. So if you if have, if you love to get your morning coffee, if there is a Panera nearby, you might look into this because if you think of paying for coffee, if you drink coffee every day, mm-hmm. it actually might be cheaper. And it's good coffee. Their hazelnut coffee is really good. And, and that's all have, I get. Yeah. And they have a lot of different options and also tea. So we just, figured out because we had been going in there regularly and you were always getting a coffee that it's mm-hmm. actually less expensive. And it's just kind of fun because, oh, you can get quote unquote free coffee anytime you want. Mm-hmm. 
And it's now nationwide. Did you say that earlier? I, they, yeah. Because they tested it first in Nashville and a few other cities, and I guess it did really well. So now it's nationwide. And they have curbside. So they were, yeah. if, if you don't have a drive through, they ours, they literally come and bring it out to the car. So yeah, I wonder cool. how long that's going to last. What's saving my life is a little unique, but this Mark Rober video called the Squirrel Ninja Obstacle Course. It's something that I just really enjoyed during quarantine. It was absolutely hilarious. I found it. I think one of the kids found it. Silas did, I think. And he showed it to me and I got such a kick out of it. Then I had you watch it. And then I had each of the girls watch it. And I just want to share it with everybody because where we're at just in the world, we just need some things to make us laugh and make us smile. And this is something that will do that for you. So for those of you who don't know who Mark Rober is, I'm sure you've probably seen the video of the package that was made with glitter inside to catch package thieves around the Christmas holiday. The glitter bomb that the would go bomb. off for the package he thieves. He made that. And when he does something, he does something over the top. You know, he like overproduces or over. I think he will spend like with that, with the glitter bomb, I think it was a year in the making for the YouTube video. I think this one was only about a month in the making, but I don't It seemed like longer than that. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty, it was a a pretty big undertaking. Basically he had bought a bird feeder during quarantine so he could be bird watching and for his family to do bird watching. And the squirrels came and figured out how to basically eat everything out of the bird feeders. So he bought multiple bird feeders that were supposed to be squirrel proof and none of them were. The squirrels just always got creative and figured out ways whether to knock it to the ground or to get, go from the top. Jump from the fence. And then he put them up on different stands too. Like some of them he had put, I think he put grease on one of the metal ones and they'd, they'd try to climb up and fall down, but then they'd figure out how to jump from the fence and, very ingenious. And so he ended up deciding that he was going to see really how far they would go to get their food. And so he created this American Ninja Warrior obstacle course for the squirrels. And when I saw it on the video at first, I was like, there's no way, there is no way that the squirrels actually went through that whole thing to get to the food. And, but then I'm thinking, but he's doing a YouTube video on it. And if it totally failed, I don't think he would have done mm-hmm. a YouTube video. So it's just, it's, it's fascinating. It makes you appreciate squirrels way more than you probably ever did. And it's also just entertaining. Yeah. And he goes into like the physics of how do squirrels always land on their feet? How do cats always land on their feet? Fascinating. Yes. Very fascinating. So we'll put the link to that in the show notes, but you can also just Google Mark Rober squirrel course or squirrel (laughs) video. I just checked and it pops right up. What are you reading right now, Jesse? Nothing. (laughs) The Bible. (laughs) We've been reading Job. Are you almost to the end? I finished it yesterday. Oh, you had to beat me. Yeah. I have two more chapters left. I started Psalms today. I started Psalms. I guess you're going to be ahead of me. Well, you said you did finish a book in quarantine and I don't, I think on our last episode, six weeks ago, mm-hmm. you talked about that book, but you said you had another book that you ordered that's coming that you're excited about. Yeah, I was actually, I think I saw on Instagram because it was supposed to have been released. It was the next uh, Brad Thor book. So 
those of you who listen to our podcast know that I like action, suspense, novels. Brad Thor's books are the ones that kind of got me into that genre. And uh, he's com- he comes out with a new book every year. And that's kind of the par for the course for these authors. And it was supposed to come out, I think, around during quarantine. And they postponed it. And they, I thought that they had postponed it to December. But then I just saw on yesterday that something was coming out in late July. So hopefully it's going to be coming out uh, July 21st is what I'm thinking of. But it's called Near Dark. It's um, the next installment of his Scott Harvath series. I haven't been doing that much reading because for some reason during quarantine, I, I know I heard that some people said they read a lot more and some people read a lot less. And I know that we also brought home Champ from the NICU. So that played into it some, but I just feel like things felt out of sorts. And so I just wasn't doing quite as much reading. And then after Kirsten was born, I did not hardly read anything but the Bible for a few weeks. Um, and I haven't been listening to audiobooks, honestly, because anytime there would be an opportunity to listen to audiobooks right now, I, my soul has just wanted quiet. And so I've just been savoring that quiet. But in the last two weeks, I've started reading a little bit more again and have finished two books. And one that we're getting ready to finish that I've almost finished that I wanted to talk about was one that we're actually reading together as a family. And we started this a few months ago and we're finally finishing it up. And it's called The Boy on the Wooden Box. And I didn't know what to expect with this one. I just knew that it was World War II and something to do with that. It has been really Mm -hmm. interesting because it's a perspective that I haven't heard of before. Um, probably a lot of us are familiar with Schindler's List. I haven't watched. That's a movie, right? That's mm-hmm. the name of a movie. I haven't watched it. I just have a basic general idea that it was something to do with World War II and that I had heard that it was pretty graphic. And that was really all I knew. And I've heard some of the songs from the soundtrack. That's it. Well, this actually tells the story of one of the families and specifically a boy that was on Schindler's list. And it's actually written by, well, he's not a child anymore, but the the man who experienced this as a boy. And so it's the actual boy on a wooden box and he had a co-author. So it's very well-written. Sometimes people who have these incredible stories might not be great authors. And so I always appreciate when they have a co-author. So then it's a, an amazing story that's well-written And there are pictures and letters and everything at the back of the book as well. So it's just, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around Mm -hmm. what this would have been like. And we have all just, and I think we've all enjoyed the story as a family and I would highly recommend it as a great read aloud book. You could even read it as an adult, but I think it's one that to read together as a family, I would say that some of it, it's not super graphic, but I would say there are some things that are a little bit, could be unsettling Mm -hmm. for younger kids. So all of our kids, they're 15, almost 13 and 11. They have, you know, it's been a good fit for them. But if you have a child who's very sensitive to things like that, you just might keep that in mind and maybe preview it before reading it aloud. Another thing that is that we have taken them to the National Holocaust Museum at least once, maybe twice. And they've 
or at least Catherine's been twice. I think the other kids have been once. But anyway, so they've been exposed to the evils of the Holocaust. And so it's really brought up some really good uh, discussion with them. And um, but interestingly, um, I listened to a podcast here last week that was almost on the same topic of is one of the individuals that were involved was the last name of Schindler but they were actually in the concentration camp. It was the same concentration camp that this little boy was in. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stories that um, they were telling in this podcast kind of coincided with what was being told in the book that uh, you have been reading. That podcast was an interview with a woman that had survived Auschwitz and it was the Jocko Willink podcast. So highly recommend that one. So we'll link to both the book and that podcast in the show notes. And I really want to listen to that podcast. You sent me the link and mm-hmm. I heard just a little bit of what you were listening to. And it sounded like I'm like, I've got to listen to that. But I didn't realize that it was the same, that there were correlations between the book and mm-hmm. the podcast. So this week's topic is TV shows, <laughs> our favorite TV shows. and. The inspiration for this actually came from a few people asking what our family's favorite TV shows were on Instagram because I was talking about us watching an episode of Survivor every night. And then people said, well, what other TV shows have you loved? And so I did a series on Instagram stories on this. And so many people responded. And I thought, I need to make that into a podcast. So Jesse, here we are. But first, before we share some of our family's favorite TV shows that we all have enjoyed together as a family, I wanted to just kind of talk about TV in general and how we approach it. And I always want to give the caveat that this is just our family, what we've decided right now for this season, what works for us. So we're not saying these are hard and fast rules that you should try to implement in your home. But I think it can be helpful and insightful and it can make you think through what choices you've made in your home when you hear what other families choose to do. So first off, one of the big things is that we don't have a TV in our living room. And this was an intentional choice that we made years ago, although it's not something we ever even think about Mm -hmm. now. Because even when we were preparing for this, I said something about that and you kind of were like, what, what do you mean? And, you know, and then it's the realization, oh, we don't have a TV in the center of our home. Right. Well, when when we put our living room together, we made sure that our furniture was arranged in a circle mm-hmm. because we value conversation mm-hmm. and we want to develop relationships. And when the TV is the center of our, our living room, the center of our, and our focus is on the TV, not on each other. Well, I think that having spaces in your home where it's intentionally set up for conversation, mm-hmm. not entertainment. And it just then facilitates and encourages that. And we've just spent so much time sitting around on those couches and chairs in our living room talking as a family and with so many other people that we bring, you know, have had into our home. And so that's one thing. The other thing that we have intentionally decided is that we don't have TV on 24 seven kind of as the background hum of our home, not only because I'm a highly sensitive person and I need quiet. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) We did a whole podcast episode on that with Ann Bogle. If you're interested, we'll link to that in the show notes. But also because we want to be intentional with our TV watching. We want to be intentional with our entertainment, that it is something that we look forward to. 
It's something that we plan for, and it's not just something that's always happening. And so for us, especially during the summer, that's when we do more watching of things as a family. During the school year, it's not uncommon that we will go for a few weeks without even really turning the TV on. Mm -hmm. But during the summer, it's a lot more laid back. And especially in the evenings or on weekends, we will enjoy watching shows together as a family. And so it's usually something that we've intentionally decided, okay, at the end of today, when we get everything done, then we're going to watch two shows tonight or something. And it's something that we all then look forward to. And a lot of people ask when I said on Instagram about not having the TV in our living room, they said, well, where is your TV? We have one in our bonus room. We do use that some for, especially I feel like watching sports will sometimes, but, and then Silas uses that for his gaming, Mm -hmm. but mostly this is going to sound weird. Some people, we have a TV in our bedroom and that is where we all watch TV together as a family. We don't turn that TV on really except for when we're watching stuff together as a family, because I know a lot of people feel like you should never have a TV in your room because you'll watch TV instead of working on your relationship. Yeah. We really, I mean, on occasion we'll figure something out that we want to watch as a couple, but But that's like probably rare, very rare. It's typically that we're watching stuff as a family. Mm -hmm. And then we sometimes will have a show that we're watching with Catherine, Mm -hmm. but that, always happens in our bedroom. And it's just, we really enjoy kind of all piling in the room and the kids will lay down a blanket and bring in snacks and just, I don't know, being together. It just feels so cozy. And I think it's something that in 25 years from now, we're not going to regret. And I hope that it's something that our kids are going to look back on and remember and have fond memories over. I think it's also nice because then we're really no what is being consumed because it's in our room and kind of helps. They don't really watch anything on TV except for in our room. So we kind of know what is being watched because we're in and out of our room a lot, or we're with them watching it, which by and large, that's what's happening. We're watching it together. And so let's talk about some of our favorite TV shows before we do that. One more caveat. And that is that we allow our kids to watch stuff that some families might not. And I think it's always important for you to do your research. We like to look at plugged in or common sense media. We'll link to those in the show notes to kind of really see exactly what is in a show. I think it's important, you know, your kids, you know, their sensitivity level, you know, what they've been exposed to, you know, what you feel comfortable with as a family, do your own research. But these are shows that we've enjoyed all together as a family and our kids helped make this list. So this is a, not just me saying it's everybody together deciding on this. Well, and also I'll just throw in the reason that we do that is we use those television shows as kind of an impetus of or a catalyst for discussion and talking about those things that might be a little bit over their heads. Yes. We have so many discussions. We also love, this might sound weird again. We love to watch the news together. And we actually will watch different news services so that it's not just all coming from one, because I think it's important to expose your kids to different ways of thinking, especially as they get older and to talk about it and expose them to people who you might disagree with and let them hear, you know, quote the other side and then 
have a conversation around it and ask them, what do you think? Why do you think that? You know, do you agree? Do you disagree? And really leaving it open so it's not just us saying, here's what you should believe. Here's what you should think. Mm-hmm. But I want to teach them to think for themselves. And so a lot of shows that we watch, we will have conversations around and talk about how people reacted, people's attitudes, people's perspective and approach, especially when it comes to some of the reality shows. So first off on my list is Timeless. And that was a show that sadly is no longer running, but we really enjoyed. Very disappointed they didn't renew that one. And how would you describe it? It's It was four different people that uh, were engaged in time travel back into very key periods of our history. And there was a central organization that they believed that it was kind of a scarlet thread, if you will, going through history and controlling some of the outcome of history. And they were trying to go back to those different uh, times, those different events to change very insignificant pieces of those events that would alter the outcome of, of history. Well, and some of it, I would say also changing significant events as in trying to keep someone from being shot. Well, so it was actually, there were people that were going back that were part of this group that were part of that scarlet thread that the good guys were going back to stop. So that way they didn't change history. So it was very fascinating because not only were there all these historical pieces and it would just be interesting to see, oh, where are they going back to this right. time? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was way back. Sometimes it was not too far back in history. But then also there was this kind of, would you say like, is it sci-fi? I mean, what yeah. is... Yeah, I mean, time of, travel. Yeah, time travel. So it's sort of the sci-fi element as well, which usually I wouldn't enjoy, but because they had enough historical kind of real life sort of stuff woven in, then it made it interesting. and. Mm-hmm. It was dramatic, but it wasn't too dramatic and it was clean so that you could watch it together as Mm -hmm. a family. And then it also opened up the door for us to talk about a lot of these things in history that maybe our kids didn't quite know they were familiar with, but Mm -hmm. there were a lot more details that they didn't know. So that was one that we really enjoyed and we're very sad that it is no longer (laughs) on air and I wish that they would bring it back. And I heard from a lot of people that that was a show that y'all loved as well. The next one is This Is Us, and this actually started out as a show that just you and I watched together Mm -hmm. and really enjoyed, and then it kind of turned into something that the kids started enjoying watching. I would say it's a little bit edgy as far as, especially for younger kids, because there is definitely romance scenes in it, Mm -hmm. and some of it gets a little bit on the steamy, you know, obviously it's on TV, so, you know, but I'd say it's... Some of it maybe is bordering on getting close to PG-13. But I also would say that they address different cultural things. They talk about things head on that are important conversations that we need to have when it comes to race, when it comes to adoption, when it comes to foster care, when it comes to um, lots of things like that, that I think are important, but this might not be a show that you would want to have your younger kids watch because of that, because it is going to, they're going to be like, 
wait, you know, anyway. So that was one that we, I would say is a great couple show. And I think my favorite thing about it is the character development in Mm -hmm. it. And you just really kind of fall in love with the characters and you feel it's just a show that you can feel a lot of emotion for and emotion with because it touches on probably a lot of different, you know, family drama and Mm -hmm. um, addiction and so many things that just so many of us, we are struggling with, or we know someone who's struggling with it, infertility. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it was just, I'm like, how do you, how do you have a show that literally hits on every single And and plus the way, the way that they bring out the characters, like you said, the character development, but the way that they go back and forth between time periods, following those same characters, Mm -hmm. it's a really good job. Yes. Really well done. And then next on my list is Survivor. And this is a show that we actually only recently mm-hmm. started watching as a family. And and honestly, I was kind of surprised that you guys enjoyed it because I used to watch it when I was growing up. And then uh, we decided to start at the first season and start watching that. And then they, the kids just really loved it. So Now, I would say that the first season... We thought that the first two seasons kind of drag on and it's like they're trying to find their way. They're older mm-hmm. and it's just not as well done. So we actually, you had to skip ahead we and watch ahead one and watched, that like, was season 17, something like that. And, and it was so much better. But then we went back. So I think we watched season one and then we jumped to season 17 and then we went back to season two to start doing them in order. And then that's when we realized, oh, the video production quality is a whole lot different. So we have only done three seasons so far and we're hoping to, I mean, what they're 40 seasons. So we, we have our work cut out, <laughs> but I think that's something that we're going to enjoy over the coming years or something mm-hmm. to get through all of that. And the apprentice is another show that we've enjoyed. I think we've done four seasons as a family mm-hmm. and you can't, it's hard to get that most like Netflix and Hulu doesn't offer it Amazon, but, um, we found it on an app called Tubi. It is a free app that you can download. I will caution you that the Tubi app has a lot of shows on it that are not family friendly. Yeah. The apprentice is the only thing that we watch on that. Um, but the apprentice is one that you and I enjoyed Mm -hmm. way back, way back when, when, um, when we were early married and we were watching it when you were pregnant with Catherine. Yes. And so it's been fun to introduce our kids to it. And because all of them are quite entrepreneurial, they love to kind of give their input and, you know, what, what went down and what should have been done or what shouldn't have been done and who they think is going to get fired and who's going to win the season and all of that. And then Amazing Race is one of our very favorite shows. I think there are 20, were there 20 seasons? I don't remember. Well, we have watched every single one of the seasons. And so that tells you our level of <laughs> enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. Of, and I think because we love travel and um, it's just seen so many different countries and so many different cultures and just watching them experience these different cultures and learning very unique pieces of those Mm -hmm. cultures. We just really, really have loved amazing race and are very hopeful that they're going to be doing some more seasons. And that show fascinates me because you know what it takes to travel and how much it takes out of you. And yet they hit the ground running 
you know that they got to be exhausted. Yes. I can't even imagine being in all those different time zones experience and all those different foods and the oh, can, can you imagine getting how often you'd get sick? Yes. I just, it's, it's impressive. And then last on my list is designated survivor. And this was, I would say probably on this list, the ones that we've enjoyed as a family, probably designated survivor and amazing race would be the top two. Mm-hmm. And, and then this one was chosen because we like 24. Yes. We love 24. And that was a show that we enjoyed just you and I mm-hmm. together way back when. And so designated survivor is a political show, but it's also there's drama and then just kind of real life family stuff. There's some character development that kind of reminds me of this is us. And I don't know how you describe the show well, but the one thing that I will say is Sadly, we were so sad when there were only two seasons and they weren't going to get a third season. And then Netflix picked it up. But do not watch season three. Do not watch season three. Because we, I had the presence of mind to think, I'm pretty sure that Netflix isn't going to quite do the same um, level of family friendliness that TV would. Mm-hmm. And so glad that I went and read the reviews because no, no, no. Yeah, we do not recommend yeah. season three. Um, I haven't seen any of it. I read the review and knew that, no, 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 I was not going to be seeing it. But the first two seasons are really fantastic and ones that we very much enjoyed. So that is our list. We'd love to hear from you. What are your favorite TV shows that you've watched together as a family? And based upon these that we've shared, you kind of get an idea of the type of show that we like. If you have any suggestions of shows that you think that we would really love, we'd love to hear from you. So send me an email, crystal at moneysavingmom.com. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week when we will be talking about how to parent a strong-willed child. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 